0: The Diary of Samuel Peeps sixteen sixty one, April This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox dot org recording by Nicole Lee The Diary of Samuel Peeps sixteen sixty one by Samuel Peeps April April first, sixteen sixty one This day my waiting at the Privy Seal comes in again. Up early among my workmen so to the office and went home to dinner with sir w batten and after that to the goat tavern by charing cross to meet dr castle where he and i drank a pint of wine and talked about privy seal business then to the privy seal office and there found mr moore but no business yet then to Whitefriars and there saw part of rule a wife and have a wife which i never saw before but do not like it so to my father and there finding a discontent between my father and mother about the maid which my father likes and my mother dislikes, I stayed till ten at night, persuading my mother to understand herself, and that in some high words which I was sorry for. But she's grown, poor woman, very forward. So leaving them in the same discontent I went away home, it being a brave moonshine, and to bed. Second, among my workmen early, and then along with my wife and Paul, to my father's by coach, there to have them lie a while till my house be done. I found my mother alone weeping upon my last night's quarrel, and so left her, and took my wife to Charing Cross, and there left her to see her mother who is not well. So I into St. James's Park, where I saw the Duke of York playing at Pell-Mell, the first time that ever I saw the sport. Then to my lord's, where I dined with my lady, and after we had dined in comes my lord and Ned Pickering hungry, and there was not a bit of meat left in the house, the servants having eat up all, at which my lord was very angry and at last got something dressed then to the privy seal and signed some things and so to whitefriars and saw the little thief which is a very merry and pretty play and the little boy do very well then to my father's where i found my mother and my wife in a very good mood and so left them and went home then to the dolphin to sir w batten and pen and other company among others mr de la barre where strange how these men who at other times are all wise men do now in their drink betwit and reproach one another with their former conditions, and their actions as in public concernments, till I was ashamed to see it. But parted all friends at twelve at night, after drinking a great deal of wine. So home, and alone to bed. Third, Up among my workmen, my head aching all day from last night's debauch, to the office all the morning, and at noon dined with Sir W. Batten and Penn, who would needs have me drink two draughts of sack to-day, to cure me of last night's disease, which I thought strange, but I think find it true. Then home with my workmen all the afternoon, at night into the garden to play on my flageolet, it being moonshine, where I stayed a good while, and so home and to bed. This day I hear that the Dutch have sent the king a great present of money, which we think will stop the match with Portugal, and judge this to be the reason that our so great haste in sending the two ships to the East Indies is also stayed. to my workmen, then to my lord's, and there dined with Mr. Shepley. After dinner I went in to my lord, and there we had a great deal of music, and then came my cousin Tom Pepys, and there did accept of the security which we gave him for his thousand pounds, that we borrow of him, and so the money to be paid next week. Then to the privy seal, and so with Mr. Moore to my father's, where some friends did sup there, and be with them, and late went home, leaving my wife still there. So to bed. Fifth up among my workmen, and so to the office, and then to Sir W. Penn's, with the other Sir William, and Sir John Lawson, to dinner, and after that with them to Mr. Lucy's, a merchant, where much good company, and there drank a great deal of wine, and in discourse fell to talk of the weight of people, which did occasion some wages, and where, among others, I won half a piece to be spent, then home, and at night to Sir W. Batten's, and there very merry with a good barrel of oysters, and this is the present life I lead, home, and to bed. 6th. Up among my workmen, then to Whitehall, and there at Privy Seal and elsewhere did business, and among other things met with Mr. Townsend, who told of his mistake the other day, to put both his legs through one of his knees of his breeches, and went so all day. Then with Mr. Creed and more to the leg in the palace, to dinner, which I gave them, and after dinner I saw the girl of the house, being very pretty, go into a chamber, and I went in after her and kissed her. Then by water Creed and I to Salisbury Court and there saw love's quarrel, acted the first time, but I do not like the design or words, so calling at my father's, were they and my wife well, and so home and to bed. Seventh Lord's Day. All the morning at home making up my accounts, God forgive me, to give up to my lord this afternoon, then about eleven o'clock out of doors towards Westminster, and put in at Paul's, where I saw Minister Mr. Mills, preaching before my lord Mayor, so to Whitehall, and there I met with Dr. Fuller of Twickenham, newly come from Ireland, and took him to my lord's, where he and I dined, and he did give my lord and me a good account of the condition of Ireland, and how it come to pass, through the joining of the fanatics and the Presbyterians, that the latter and the former are in their declaration put together under the names of fanatics. After dinner my lord and I, and Mr. Shepley, did look over our accounts and settle matters of money between us, and my lord did tell me much of his mind about getting money and other things of his family, etc., then to my father's, where I found Mr. Hunt and his wife at supper, with my father and mother and my wife, where after supper I left them, and so home, and then I went to Sir W. Batten's, and resolved of a journey to-morrow to Chatham, and so home and to bed. Eighth, Up early. My Lady Batten knocking at her door. That comes into one of my chambers. I did give directions to my people and workmen, and so about eight o'clock we took barge at the tower, Sir William Batten and his lady, Mrs. Turner, Mr. Fowler, and I a very pleasant passage and so to gravesend where we dined and from thence a coach took them and me and mr fowler with some others came from rochester to meet us on horseback at rochester where alight at mr olcock's and there drank and had good sport with his bringing out so many sorts of cheese then to the hill-house at chatham where i never was before and i found a pretty pleasant house and am pleased with the arms that hang up there here we supped very merry and late to bed Sir William telling me that old Edgeborough, his predecessor, did die and walk in my chamber, did make me somewhat afeard, but not so much as for mirth's sake I did seem, so to bed in the treasurer's chamber. ninth, And lay and slept well till three in the morning, and then waking, and by the light of the moon I saw my pillow, which overnight I flung from me, stand upright, but not bethinking myself what it might be, I was a little afeard, but sleep overcame all, and so lay till high morning, at which time i had a candle brought me and a good fire made and in general it was a great pleasure all the time i stayed here to see how i am respected and honoured by all people and i find that i begin to know now how to receive so much reverence which at the beginning i could not tell how to do sir william and i by coach to the dock and there viewed all the storehouses and the old goods that are this day to be sold which was great pleasure to me and so back again by coach home where we had a good dinner and among other strangers that come there was Mr. Hemson and his wife, a pretty woman, and speaks Latin, Mr. Allen and two daughters of his, both very tall, and the youngest very handsome, so much as I could not forbear to love her exceedingly, having, among other things, the best hand that ever I saw. After dinner we went to fit books and things, Tom Hayter being this morning come to us, for the sale, by an inch of candle, and very good sport we and the ladies that stood by hat, to see the people bid. Among other things sold. There was all the state's arms which sir w batten bought intending to set up some of the images in his garden and the rest to burn on the coronation night the sale being done the ladies and i and captain pett and mr castle took barge and down we went to see the sovereign which we did taking great pleasure therein singing all the way and among other pleasures i put my lady mrs turner mrs hempson and the two mrs allans into the lantern and i went in and kissed them demanding it as a fee due to a principal officer with all which we were exceeding merry, and drunk some bottles of wine, and Neat's tongue, etc., then back again home, and so supped, and after much mirth to bed. ten In the morning to see the dock-houses. First Mr. Petz the builder, and there was very kindly received, and among other things he did offer my Lady Batten a parrot, the best I ever saw, that knew Mingo so soon as it saw him, having been bred formerly in the house with them, but for talking and singing I never heard the like my lady did accept of it, then to see Commissioner Pett's house, he and his family being absent, and here I wondered how my lady Batten walked up and down with envious looks, to see how neat and rich everything is, and indeed both her house and garden is most handsome, saying that she would get it, for it belonged formerly to the surveyor of the navy, then on board the prince, now in the dock, and indeed it has one, and no more rich cabins for carved work, but no gold in her, after that back home, and there eat a little dinner.' then to rochester and there saw the cathedral which is now fitting for use and the organ then attuning then away thence observing the great doors of the church which they say was covered with the skins of the danes and also had much mirth at a tomb on which was come sweet jesu and i read come sweet moll etc at which captain Pett and i had good laughter so to the salutation tavern where mr alcock and many of the town came and entertained us with wine and oysters and other things and hither comes sir john minnes to us who is come to-day to see the henry in which he intends to ride as vice-admiral in the narrow seas all this summer here much mirth but i was a little troubled to stay too long because of going to hempsons which afterwards we did and found it in all things a most pretty house and rarely furnished only it had a most ill access on all sides to it which is the greatest fault that i think can be in a house here we had for my sake two fiddles the one a bass-viol, on which he that played, played well some lyre-lessons, but both together made the worst music that ever I heard. We had a fine collation, but I took little pleasure in that, for the illness of the music, and for the intentness of my mind, upon Mrs. Rebecca Allen. After we had done eating, the ladies went to dance, and among the men we had, I was forced to dance too, and did make an ugly shift. Mrs. R. Allen danced very well, and seems the best-humoured woman that ever I saw. About nine o'clock Sir William and my lady went home, and we continued dancing an hour or two, and so broke up very pleasant and merry, and so we walked home, I leading Mrs. Rebecca, who seemed, I know not why, in that and other things, to be desirous of my favours, and would in all things show me respects. Going home, she would needs have me sing, and I did pretty well, and was highly esteemed by them. So to Captain Allen's, where we were last night, and heard him play on the harpsicon, and I find him to be a perfect good musician and there having no mind to leave mrs rebecca what with talk and singing her father and i mrs turn and i stayed there till two o'clock in the morning i was most exceeding merry and i had the opportunity of kissing mrs rebecca very often among other things captain pep was saying that he thought that he had got his wife with child since i came thither which i took hold of and was merrily asking him what he would take to have it said for my honour that it was of my getting he merrily answered that he would if i would promise to be godfather to it if it did come within the time just and I said that I would, so that I must remember to compute it, when the time comes. Eleventh, At two o'clock, with very great mirth, we went to our lodging, and to bed, and lay till seven, and then called up by Sir W. Batten. So I arose, and we did some business, and then came Captain Allen, and he and I withdrew and sang a song or two, and among others took pleasure in Go and be hanged, that's good-bye. The young ladies come too, and so I did again please myself with Mrs. Rebecca, and about nine o'clock, after we had breakfasted, we set forth for London, and indeed I was a little troubled to part with Mrs. Rebecca, for which, God forgive me. Thus we went away through Rochester, calling and taking leave of Mr. Alcock at the door, Captain Cuttons going with us. We baited at Dartford and thence to London, but of all the journeys that have I made this was the merriest, and I was in a strange mood for mirth. Among other things I got my lady to let her maid Mrs. Anne to ride all the way on horseback, and she rides exceeding well, and so I called on my clerk, that she went to wait upon me. I met two little schoolboys going with pitchers of ale to their schoolmaster to break up against Easter, and I did drink of some of one of them, and give him two pence. By and by we come to two little girls keeping cows, and I saw one of them very pretty, so I had a mind to make her ask my blessing, and telling her that I was her godfather, she asked me innocently whether I was not Ned Wooding, and I said that I was, so she kneeled down, and very simply called, Pray, godfather, pray to God to bless me, which made us very merry, and I gave her twopence. In several places I asked women whether they would sell me their children, but they denied me all, but said they would give me one to keep for them, if I would. Mrs. Anne and I rode under the man that hangs upon Shooter's Hill, and a filthy sight it was to see how his flesh is shrunk to his bones. So home, and I found all well, and a deal of work done since I went. I sent to see how my wife do, who is well, and my brother John come from Cambridge. to Sir W. Batten's, and there supped, and very merry with the young ladies.' So to bed very sleepy for last night's work concluding that it is the pleasantest journey in all respects that ever i had in my life twelfth up among my workmen and about seven o'clock comes my wife to see me and my brother john with her who i am glad to see but i sent them away because of going to the office and there dined with sir w batten all fish dinner it being good friday then home and looking over my workmen and then into the city and saw in what forwardness all things are for the coronation which will be very magnificent then back again home and to my chamber to set down in my diary all my late journey which i do with great pleasure and while i am now writing comes home with the ticket to invite me to captain robert blake's burial for whose death i am very sorry and do much wonder at it he being a little while since a very likely man to live as any i knew since my going out of town there is one alexander ross taken and sent to the counter by sir thomas allen counterfeiting my hand to a ticket, and we this day at the office have given order to Mr. Smith to prosecute him. To bed. 13. To Whitehall by water from Tower Wharf, where we could not pass the ordinary way because they were mending of the great stone steps against the coronation, with Sir W. Penn then to my lord's, and thence with Captain Cuttons and Captain Clark, to drink our morning draught together, and before we could get back again my lord was gone out. So to Whitehall again, and met with my lord above with the duke. And after a little talk with him i went to the banquet-house and there saw the king heal the first time that ever i saw him do it which he did with great gravity and it seemed to me to be an ugly office and a simple one that done to my lord's and dined there and so by water with parson turner towards london and upon my telling of him of mr moore to be a fit man to do his business with bishop wren about which he was going he went back out of my boat into another to whitehall and so i forwards home and there by and by took coach with sir w pen and captain turn and went to the burial of captain robert blake at wapping and there had each of us a ring but it being dirty we would not go to church with them but with our coach we returned home and there stayed a little and then he and i alone to the dolphin sir w batten being this day gone with his wife to walthamstow to keep easter and there had a supper by ourselves we both being very hungry and staying there late drinking i became very sleepy and so we went home and i to bed fourteenth easter lord's day in the morning towards my father's and by the way heard mr Jacob at ludgate upon these words christ loved you and therefore let us love one another and made a lazy sermon like a presbyterian then to my father's and dined there and dr fairbrother lately come to town with us after dinner i went to the temple and there heard dr griffith a good sermon for the day so with mr moore whom i met there to my lord's and there he shewed me a copy of my lord chancellor's patent for earl and I read the preamble, which is very short, modest, and good. Here my lord saw us, and spoke to me about getting Mr. Moore to come and govern his house, while he goes to sea, which I promised him to do, and did afterwards speak to Mr. Moore, and he is willing. Then, hearing that Mr. Barnwell was come with some of my lord's little children yesterday to town, to see the coronation, I went and found them at the goat at Charing Cross, and there I went and drank with them a good while, whom I found in very good health and very merry. Then to my father's, and after supper, seemed willing to go home and my wife seeming to be so too, I went away in a discontent, but she, poor wretch, followed me as far in the rain and dark as Fleet Bridge, to fetch me back again, and so I did, and lay with her to-night, which I have not done these eight or ten days before. Fifteenth, From my father's, it being a very foul morning for the King and Lords to go to Windsor. I went to the office, and there met Mr. Coventry and Sir Robert Slingsby, but did no business, but only appoint to go to Deptford together to-morrow. Mr. Coventry being gone, and I having at home laid up two hundred pounds, which I had brought this morning home from Alderman Backwell's, I went home by coach with Sir R. Slingsby and dined with him, and had a very good dinner. His lady seems a good woman, and very desirous they were, to hear this noon by the post how the election has gone at Newcastle, wherein he is concerned, but the letters are not come yet. To my uncle White's, and after a little stay with them, he and I to Mr. Rawlinson's, and there stayed all the afternoon, it being very foul, and had a little talk with him what good I might make of these ships that go to Portugal, by venturing some money by them, and he will give me an answer to it shortly. So home and sent for the barber, and after that to bed. 16. So soon as word was brought me that Mr. Coventry was come with the barge to the tower, I went to him, and found him reading of the Psalms in short hand, which he is now busy about, and had good sport about the long marks that I made there for sentences in divinity, which he is never like to make use of here he and i sat till the comptroller came and then we put off for deptford where we went on board the king's pleasure-boat that commissioner pett is making and indeed it will be a most pretty thing from thence to commissioner pett's lodging and there had a good breakfast and in came the two sir williams from walthamstow and so we sat down and did a great deal of public business about the fitting of the fleet that is now going out that done we went to the globe and there had a good dinner and by and by took barge again and so home by the way they would have me sing, which I did to Mr. Coventry, who went up to Sir William Batten's, and there we stayed and talked a good while, and then broke up, and I home, and then to my father's, and there lay with my wife. 17th. By the land, and saw the archers, which are now almost done, and are very fine, and I saw the picture of the ships and other things this morning, set up before the East Indy House, which are well done. So to the office, and that being done, I went to dinner with Sir W. Batten, and then home to my workmen and saw them go on with great content to me. Then comes Mr. Allen of Chatham, and I took him to the Mitre, and there did drink with him, and did get of him the song that pleased me so well there the other day, of Shitten come shites the beginning of love. His daughters are to come to town to-morrow, but I know not whether I shall see them or no. That done I went to the Dolphin by appointment, and there I met Sir William's both and Mr. Castle, and did eat a barrel of oysters and two lobsters, which I did give them, and were very merry. Here we had great talk of Mr. Warren's being knighted by the King, and Sir W. B. seemed to be very much incensed against him. So home. 18th. Up with my workmen, and then about nine o'clock took course with both the Sir Williams for Walthamstow, and there we found my lady and her daughters all, and a pleasant day it was, and all things else, but that my lady was in a bad mood which we are troubled at, and had she been noble she would not have been so with her servants, when we came thither, and this Sir W. Pen took notice of as well as I after dinner we all went to the church-stile and there eat and drank and i was as merry as i could counterfeit myself to be then it raining hard we left sir w batten and we two returned and called at mr and drank some brave wine there and then homewards again and in our way met with two country fellows upon one horse which i did without much ado give the way to but sir w pen would not but struck them and they him and so passed away but they giving him some high words he went back again and struck them off their horse in a simple fury and without much honour in my mind, and so came away, home, and I sat with him a good while talking, and then home, and to bed. 19. Among my workmen, and then to the office, and after that dined with Sir W. Batten, and then home, where Sir W. Warren came, and I took him and Mr. Shepley and more with me to the mitre, and there I cleared with Warren for the deals I bought lately for my lord of him, and he went away, and we stayed afterwards a good while, and talked, and so parted, it being so foul that I could not go to Whitehall to see the knights of the bath made to-day, which do trouble me mightily. So home, and having stayed a while till Will came in, with whom I was vexed for staying abroad, he comes, and then I went by water to my father's, and then after supper to bed with my wife. Twentieth. Here comes my boy to tell me that the Duke of York had sent for all the principal officers, etc., to come to him to-day. So I went by water to Mr. Coventry's, and there stayed and talked a good while with him, till all the rest come. We went up and saw the Duke dress himself, and in his night habit, he is a very plain man. Then he sent us to his closet, where we saw, among other things, two very fine chests covered with gold and Indian varnish, given him by the East India Company of Holland. The Duke comes, and after he had told us that the fleet was designed for Algiers, which was kept from us till now, we did advise about many things as to the fitting of the fleet, and so went away and from thence to the Privy Seal, where little to do and after that took Mr. Creed and more, and gave them their morning draught and after that to my lord's where sir w pen came to me and dined with my lord after dinner he and others that dined there went away and then my lord looked upon his pages and footmen's liveries which are come home to-day and will be handsome though not gaudy then with my lady and my lady wright to whitehall and in the banqueting-house saw the king create my lord chancellor and several others earls and mr Crew and several others barons the first being led up by heralds and five old earls to the king and there the patent is read, and the king puts on his vest and sword and coronet, and gives him the patent, and then he kisseth the king's hand, and rises and stands covered before the king, and the same for the barons, only he is led up but by three of the old barons, and are girt with swords before they go to the king. That being done, which was very pleasant to see their habits, I carried my lady back, and I found my lord angry, for that his page had let my lord's new beaver be changed for an old hat. Then I went away, and with Mr. Creed to the exchange, and bought some things as gloves and bandstrings, etc so back to the cockpit and there by the favour of one mr bowman he and i got in and there saw the king and duke of york and his duchess which is a plain woman and like her mother my lady chancellor and so saw the humoursome lieutenant acted before the king but not very well done but my pleasure was great to see the manner of it and so many great beauties but above all mrs palmer with whom the king do discover a great deal of familiarity so mr creed and i the plain being done went to mrs harper's and there sat and drank it being about twelve at night the ways being now so dirty and stopped up with the rails which are this day set up in the streets i would not go home but went with him to his lodging and mr wares and there lay all night twenty first lord's day in the morning we were troubled to hear it rain as it did because of the great show to-morrow after i was ready i walked to my father's and there found the late maid to be gone and another come by my mother's choice which my father do not like and so a great difference there will be between my father and mother about it. Here dined Dr. Thomas Pepys and Dr. Fairbrother, and all our talk about to-morrow's show, and our trouble that it is like to be a wet day. After dinner comes in my cousin Snow and his wife, and I think stay there till the show be over. Then I went home, and all the ways so thronged with people to see the triumphal arches, that I could hardly pass for them, so home people being at church, and I got home unseen, and so up to my chamber, and saw done these last five or six days' diaries. My mind a little troubled about my workmen, which, being foreigners, are like to be troubled by a couple of lazy rogues that worked with me the other day, that are citizens, and so my work will be hindered, but I must prevent it if I can. Twenty-second, King's going from the tower to Whitehall. Up early and made myself as fine as I could, and put on my velvet coat, the first day that I put it on, though made half a year ago, and being ready, Sir W. Batten, my lady, and his two daughters, and his son and wife, and Sir W. Penn, and his son, and I, went to mr young's the flag-maker in cornhill and there we had a good room to ourselves with wine and good cake and saw the show very well in which it is impossible to relate the glory of this day expressed in the clothes of them that rid and their horses and horses clothes among others my lord sandwiches. embroidery and diamonds were ordinary among them the knights of the bath was a brave sight of itself and their esquires among which mr armiger was an esquire to one of the knights remarkable were the two men that represent the two dukes of normandy and aquitaine the bishops come next after barons which is the higher place which makes me think that the next parliament they will be called to the house of lords my lord monk rode bare after the king and led in his hand a spare horse as being master of the horse the king in a most rich embroidered suit and cloak looked most noble wadlow the vintner at the devil in fleet street did lead a fine company of soldiers all young comely men in white doublets there followed the vice-chamberlain sir g carteret a company of men all like turks but i know not yet what they are for the streets all gravelled and the houses hung with carpets before them made brave show and the ladies out of the windows one of which over against us i took much notice of and spoke of her which made good sport among us so glorious was the show with gold and silver that we were not able to look at it our eyes at last being so much overcome with it both the king and the duke of york took notice of us as he saw us at the window the show being ended mr young did give us a dinner at which we are very merry and pleased above imagination at what we have seen sir w batten going home he and i called and drunk some mum and laid our wager about my lady falconbridge's name which he says not to be merry and so i won above twenty shillings so home where will and the boy stayed and saw the show upon tower hill and jane at t pepys thea turner and my wife at charles glascock's in fleet street in the evening by water to whitehall to my lord's and there i spoke with my lord he talked with me about his suit which was made in france and cost him two hundred pounds and very rich it is with embroidery i lay with mr shepley and coronation day twenty third about four i rose and got to the abbey where i followed sir j denham the surveyor with some company that he was leading in and with much ado by the favour of mr cooper his man did get up into a great scaffold across the north end of the abbey where with a great deal of patience i sat from past four till eleven before the king came in. And a great pleasure it was to see the abbey raised in the middle, all covered with red, and a throne, that is a chair, and footstool on the top of it, and all the officers of all kinds, so much as the very fiddlers in red vests. At last comes in the dean and prebends of Westminster, with the bishops, many of them in cloth of gold copes, and after them the nobility, all in their parliament robes, which was a most magnificent sight, then the duke, and the king with a sceptre, Carried by my lord's sandwich, "'and sword and mond before him, "'and the crown too. "'The king in his robes bareheaded, "'which was very fine, "'and after all had placed themselves "'there was a sermon and the service, "'and then in the choir at the high altar "'the king passed through all the ceremonies "'of the coronation, "'which to my great grief "'I and most in the abbey could not see. "'The crown being put upon his head, "'a great shout begun, "'and he came forth to the throne, "'and there passed more ceremonies "'as taking the oath, and having things read to him by the bishop, and his lords, who put on their caps as soon as the king put on his crown, and bishops come, and kneeled before him. And three times the king-at-arms went to the three open places on the scaffold, and proclaimed, that if any one could show any reason why Charles Stuart should not be king of England, that now he should come and speak, and a general pardon also was read by the Lord Chancellor, and medals flung up and down by my lord Cornwallis of silver, but I could not come by any but so great a noise, that I could make but little of the music, and indeed it was lost to everybody. But I had so great a lust to, that I went out a little while before the king had done all his ceremonies, and went round the abbey to Westminster Hall, all the way within rails, and ten thousand people, with the ground covered with blue cloth, and scaffolds all the way. Into the hall I got, where it was very fine with hangings and scaffolds, one upon another, full of brave ladies, and my wife and one little one, on the right hand here i stayed walking up and down and at last upon one of the side-stalls i stood and saw the king come in with all the persons but the soldiers that were yesterday in the cavalcade and a most pleasant sight it was to see them in their several robes and the king came in with his crown on and his sceptre in his hand under a canopy borne up by six silver staves carried by barons of the sinkports, ports and little bells at every end and after a long time he got up to the further end and all set themselves down at their several tables And that was also a brave sight and the king's first course carried up by the knights of the bath and many fine ceremonies there was of the heralds leading up people before him and bowing and my lord of albemarle's going to the kitchen and eat a bit of the first dish that was to go to the king's table but above all was these three lords northumberland and suffolk and the duke of ormond coming before the courses on horseback and staying so all dinner-time and at last to bring up dimmock the king's champion all in armour on horseback With his spear and target carried before him and a herald proclaims that if any dare deny charles stuart to be lawful king of england here was a champion that would fight with him and with these words the champion flings down his gauntlet and all this he do three times in his going up towards the king's table at last when he is come the king drinks to him and then sends him the cup which is of gold and he drinks it off and then ride back again with the cup in his hand i went from table to table to see the bishops and all others at their dinner and was infinitely pleased with it and at the lord's table i met with william howe and he spoke to my lord for me and he did give me four rabbits and a pullet and so i got it and mr creed and i got mr mitchell to give us some bread and so we at a stall eat it as everybody else did what they could get i took a great deal of pleasure to go up and down and look upon the ladies and to hear the music of all sorts but above all the twenty-four violins about six at night they had dined and i went up to my wife and there met with a pretty lady mrs franklin a doctor's wife a friend of mr bowyer's and kissed them both and by and by took them down to mr bowyer's and strange it is to think that these two days have held up fair till now that all is done and the king gone out of the hall and then it fell a raining and thundering and lightning as i have not seen it do for some years which people did take great notice of god's blessing of the work of these two days which is a foolery to take too much notice of such things i observed little disorder in all this but only the king's footmen had got hold of the canopy, and would keep it from the barons of the cinque ports, which they endeavoured to force from them again, but could not do it till my lord Duke of Albemarle caused it to be put into Sir R. Pye's hand till to-morrow to be decided, At Mr. Bowyer's, a great deal of company, some I knew, others I did not. Here we stayed upon the leads and below till it was late, expecting to see the fireworks, but they were not performed to-night, only the city had a light like a glory round about it with bonfires at last i went to king street and there sent crockford to my father's and my house to tell them i could not come home to-night because of the dirt and a coach could not be had and so after drinking a pot of ale alone at mrs harper's i returned to mr bowyer's and after a little stay more i took my wife and mrs franklin who i proffered the civility of lying with my wife at mrs hunt's to-night to Axyard, in which at the further end there were three great bonfires and a great many great gallants men and women and they laid hold of us and would have us drink the king's health upon our knees, kneeling upon a faggot, which we all did, they drinking to us one after another, which we thought a strange frolic, but these gallants continued thus a great while, and I wondered to see how the ladies did tipple. At last I sent my wife and her bedfellow to bed, and Mr. Hunt and I went in with Mr. Thornbury, who did give the company all their wine, he being yeoman of the wine-cellar to the king, to his house, and there, with his wife and two of his sisters, and some gallant sparks that were there, we drank the king's health and nothing else, till one of the gentlemen fell down stark drunk, and there lay spewing, and I went to my lord's pretty well. But no sooner bed with Mr. Shepley, but my head began to hum, and I to vomit, and if ever I was foxed it was now, which I cannot say yet, because I fell asleep and slept till morning. Only when I waked I found myself wet with my spewing. Thus did the day end with joy everywhere, and, blessed be God, I have not heard of any mischance to anybody through it all, but only to Sergeant Glynn, whose horse fell upon him yesterday, and is like to kill him, which people do please themselves to see how just God is, to punish the rogue at such a time as this, he being now one of the King's sergeants, and rode in the cavalcade with Maynard, to whom people wish the same fortune. There was also this night in King Street, a woman had her eye put out by a boy's flinging a firebrand into the coach. Now, after all this, I can say that, besides the pleasure of the sight of these glorious things... I mean I shut my eyes against any other objects, nor for the future trouble myself, to see things of state and show, as being sure never to see the like again in this world. Twenty-fourth, Waked in the morning with my head in a sad taking through the last night's drink, which I am very sorry for, so rose and went out with Mr. Creed to drink our morning draught, which he did give me in chocolate, to settle my stomach and after that I to my wife, who lay with Mrs. Franklin at the next door to Mrs. Hunt's, and they were ready, and so I took them up in a coach, and carried the ladies to Paul's, and there set her down, and so my wife and I home, and I to the office. That being done, my wife and I went to dinner to Sir W. Batten, and all our talk about the happy conclusion of these last solemnities. After dinner home, and advice with my wife about ordering things in my house, and then she went away to my father's to lie, and I stayed with my workmen, who do please me very well with their work. At night set myself to write down these three days diary and while I am about it I hear the noise of the chambers and other things of the fireworks which are now playing upon the thames before the king and I wish myself with them being sorry not to see them so to bed twenty fifth all the morning with my workmen with great pleasure to see them near coming to an end at noon mr moore and i went to an ordinary at the king's head in tower street and there had a dirty dinner Afterwards home, and having done some business with him, in comes Mr. Shepley and Pierce the surgeon, and they and I to the mitre, and there stayed a while and drank, and so home, and after a little rending to bed. Twenty sixth, at the office all the morning, and at noon dined by myself at home on a piece of meat from the cooks, and so at home all the afternoon with my workmen, and at night to bed, having some thoughts to order my business so as to go to Portsmouth the next week with Sir Robert Slingsby. Twenty seventh. In the morning to my lord's, and there dined with my lady, and after dinner with Mr. Creed and Captain Ferrers to the theatre, to see the chances, and after that to the cock ale-house, where we had a harp and violin played to us, and so home by coach to Sir W. Batten's, who seemed so inquisitive when my house would be made an end of, that I am troubled to go thither, so home with some trouble in my mind about it. 28th Lord's Day In the morning to my father's, where I dined, and in the afternoon to their church, where come mrs turner and mrs edward pepys and several other ladies and so i went out of the pew into another and after sermon home with them and there stayed a while and talked with them and was sent for to my father's where my cousin angia and his wife of cambridge to whom i went and was glad to see them and sent for wine for them and they supped with my father after supper my father told me of an odd passage the other night in bed between my mother and him and she would not let him come to bed to her out of jealousy of him and an ugly wench that lived there lately the most ill-favoured slut that have I saw in my life, which I was ashamed to hear that my mother should be become such a fool, and my father bid me to take notice of it to my mother and to make peace between him and her, all which to trouble me very much, so to bed to my wife twenty ninth up and with my father towards my house, and by the way met with Lieutenant Lambert and with him to the Dolphin in Tower Street, and drank our morning draught, he being much troubled about his being offered a fourth-rate ship to be lieutenant of her now he has been two years lieutenant in a first-rate so to the office where it is determined that i should go to-morrow to portsmouth so i went out of the office to whitehall presently and there spoke with sir w pen and sir george carteret and had their advice as to my going and so back again home where i directed mr hater what to do in order to our going to-morrow and so back again by coach to whitehall and there eat something in the buttery at my lord's with john goods and ned osgood and so home again and gave order to my workmen what to do in my absence at night to Sir W. Batten's, and by his and Sir W. Pen's persuasion, I sent for my wife from my father's, who came to us to Mrs. Turner's, where we all at a collation to night till twelve o'clock, there being a gentlewoman there that did play well and sang well to the harpsichord, and very merry we were. So home into bed, where my wife had not lain a great while. Thirtieth. This morning, after order given to my workmen, my wife and I and Mr. Creed took coach and in Fish Street took up Mr. Hater and his wife who threw her mask, seemed at first to be an old woman, but afterwards I found her to be a very pretty, modest black woman. We got a small bait at Leatherhead, and so to Godlyman, where we lay all night, and were very merry, having this day no other extraordinary rencontre, but my hat falling off my head at Newington into the water, by which it was spoiled, and I ashamed of it. I am sorry that I am not at London to be at Hyde Park to-morrow, among the great gallants and ladies, which will be very fine. End of April